Kyler Murray was shown the money. Somebody had a pretty terrible take on Baker Mayfield. And somebody had a really interesting take on how long it'll take the Oklahoma Sooners to win a national title under Brent Venables. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. Joining me is Josh Helmer from 94.7 The Ref in Norman. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him on 94.7 The Ref in Norman Monday through Friday from 9 to noon. Josh, what's up, man? It just occurred to me, man, well, first off, I'm doing great, John. Hope you are as well. It just occurred to me, what an offseason for Kyler Murray. Obviously, he gets the the massive extension here. Five years, $230.5 million over those five $160 million guaranteed. But think about how this offseason played out for Kyler Murray, right? Initially, John, there was that conversation of, okay, was he upset at his teammates? Did he think that you know, the rest of the team quit on him in that playoff loss to the Los Angeles Rams. Then all of a sudden we had a social media scrub 2022 for (laughs) Kyler Murray. It all of it winds up leading us to this point. I guess the message for the children, John, is, hey, when in doubt, just go ahead and scrub that social media and you will get that massive mega extension. Yeah, I think if if this is your first rodeo and your first dive into – the NFL quarterback contract situation, just just know that this is kind of typical. Like if you're a franchise quarterback or even kind of a guy that most teams would view as a franchise quarterback, but maybe you just haven't accomplished much in the team dynamic, you know, playoff win, Super Bowl win, things like that, there's always going to be that question and that doubt about how much you deserve, quote unquote, to be paid. As a Dallas Cowboys fan, went through this just a couple of years ago with Dak Prescott. Remove the idea of deserve from your mind, from your memory bank. It doesn't belong in the quarterback negotiations. It's not about deserve. Ask yourself the question, is the player that is trying to be paid considered a franchise quarterback, at least to that franchise? If the answer is yes, they're going to get paid. And for all of the doubt all of the consternation all of the quote-unquote drama that was going on surrounding kyler murray and the arizona cardinals ultimately what happened was he got paid because the arizona cardinals see him as a franchise quarterback what were they going to do if they didn't have kyler murray as their quarterback that's the question that ends up getting him 40 160 million guaranteed 46.1 million average annual value and now becomes the second highest paid player in the NFL. So this is it's it, as somebody who used to cover the NFL more more closely, followed it a lot more thoroughly, this is par for the course. Generally this is going to be what it comes down to unless you're like the elite of the elite. But we see it with, even with Aaron Rodgers every single time his contract is about to come up or even really every offseason and then the Green Bay Packers decide, "Hey, we're going to renegotiate this." Because we need Aaron Rodgers, because if we don't have Aaron Rodgers, we don't really have much else going for us. And so if you're a quarterback and you're 
one of the top 12 to 15 quarterbacks in the NFL, then you're going to get paid. That's just what it comes down to every single time. No, that's right. And these things always, it seems like, have a way of working themselves out. Is there any quarterback that has been a young quarterback in the league? We've seen older guys where, okay, maybe both sides kind of determine, hey, it's best for us to kind of go our separate ways here, or we don't want to pay you that next big, big contract. But, you know, Dak Prescott, it felt like was close to that type of situation, maybe happening in Dallas to where he plays out, you know, final year of a contract. And then the the two sides just never really reach an agreement on long-term extension and boom, all of a sudden Dak Prescott, who is a franchise quarterback winds up playing, you know, somewhere else. But generally speaking, like I'm trying to think, is there a young quarterback you can think of that didn't get that first big contract when they were thought of uh, as a franchise guy with, uh, I mean, Baker Mayfield, I guess, right? I mean, if, if, if you look at Baker Mayfield as that franchise guy. Yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield is kind of the more recent scenario where, you know, many people thought he was going to stay in Cleveland for a very, very long time. And the idea of what his contract was, was going to look like started becoming a talking point this offseason, at least early in the offseason. And I remember even back to last offseason, what is it going to look like for Baker Mayfield when he gets a contract? Now, obviously, that didn't play out. The Cleveland Browns decided to move on. They ultimately traded him. He didn't play out his contract with the Browns, but you know that's probably the smart thing for the Browns to do if they decide they're, that's not what they want to do. I don't believe it was smart for them to move on from Baker Mayfield, but they decided to get something for him as opposed to just letting him walk in free agency or outright releasing him, which was never going to happen anyway because they were on the book for at least $18 million guaranteed. The one that kind of pops into my mind is Drew Brees a little bit back when he was with the San Diego Chargers, but that's a little bit different too because he was coming off of an elbow injury and they had Phillip Rivers waiting in the wings as well. So it's really hard to find that that kind of idea that you're talking about where a guy is is pretty highly thought of because Kyler Murray is pretty highly thought of. Like He may not be a top five quarterback, but again, you don't have to be a top five quarterback to be paid like a top five quarterback, but he's at least – and I was talking with somebody at work today about this, that he's, his floor is at least top 12. You can probably make an argument for a lot of those guys between five and 12. And he falls into that, that tier of player. And so it's really hard for me to find a comparison or at least a player of that, of that nature that the team just decided now nah, we're good. We're going to, we're going to admit Carson Wentz, like maybe that, because you know, he had an MVP type season back in the year that they won the Super Bowl. But he did get hurt. At the same time, he had some down years after that year, and it was never really the same. So it's 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 real murky. It's hard. To, Kirk Cousins is probably maybe the closest one where he was pretty good for Washington, and they decided you know they were weren't going to pay him what they wanted. You know, I think they franchise tagged him one year, and then he walked as a free agent the next year and ended up in Minnesota. And so that's probably the closest comparison. But even him, I, I think he still has a ton of doubters as far as his ability is concerned. But, I mean, he's probably one of the better 15 quarterbacks, 16 quarterbacks in the NFL. Suffice it to say, the point in, and thank you for eloquently diving into that for me, generally speaking, if you're thought of in that capacity by the organization that you're with and you're at, okay, they're going to find a way to make the extension happen uh, if there's a – 
issue on the guarantee. Okay, you might not get quite the guarantee you were looking for, but they're going to meet you a little closer in the middle of maybe what some of those guaranteed type numbers are. So Kyler Murray, I didn't know that necessarily we were going to see this extension right here, right now in this offseason, John. But, uh, hey, I give him credit. I give his uh, his representation credit. At times, it kind of thought like they weren't necessarily taking the right approach with the social media scrubbing and this, this, that, and the other. Some of the leaking, I think, of stories that they put out there into the media. I, I You know, you'll never convince me otherwise that it wasn't kind of – Kyler Murray led to sort of start putting that story out there that he was a little frustrated with the way things uh, ended up, or at least that his agent and his representation, they sort of talked to some people to try and get that story out there in the public eye that they weren't real happy with the way that the playoff loss ended. And lo and behold, if I had any criticism for sort of what their approach was, John, I mean, ultimately you have to say mission accomplished. Yeah, eventually when you cut through all of the minutiae, all of the, this is what the organization feels about Kyler Murray. This is what Kyler Murray feels about the organization. You cut through all of that and ultimately he's going to get, he got paid. Like that's what it all comes down to. And the age old adage in NFL contract negotiations is deadlines make deals. Now he wasn't under a hard deadline. He still had one more year left, I believe in his rookie, in his rookie deal. But with training camp coming up, going into the final season of his rookie deal, they probably didn't want to go into next year having to franchise tag him and see what happened in another year later. The, the one mistake, using Dak Prescott as, as an example, the one mistake the Dallas Cowboys made was paying him maybe a year later than they should have, and it cost him anywhere from 8 to or 5 to $8 million in an average annual value, where they might have been able to get him for anywhere from 32 to $35 million a year the year that they franchise tagged him, they ended up having to pay $40 million a year on an average annual basis. So the Arizona Cardinals got this done at a, at a time where you know quarterback salaries are just skyrocketing. Had they waited another year, perhaps they're going to have to pay another two, three million on top of that. And it, I'm a big believer that the cap is a myth. The salary cap is a myth. If you follow me on Twitter for any length of time, you're going to hear me say that because organizations, they can figure out a way to make the money work if they want to. If At least want- for their main guys, right? I mean, for, for the Kyler Murrays of the world, guess what? He's going to find the coins that he's looking for. Yes, and there's always there's always ways to renegotiate, restructure contracts, and then straight find money through releases that allows you to do the things that you want to do as a franchise to better your team. And so they were always going to be able to find the room for Kyler Murray. They were, there was never a doubt in my mind that he was going to be an Arizona Cardinal and that he was going to have a contract extension at some point, whether it was this offseason or next offseason, because it's not great for a team to be paying their quarterback 100% guaranteed money, <clears throat> Cleveland Browns, on a franchise tag, on a one-year deal. It's not a great idea. And so they got the deal done. It was a smart time to get it done, heading into a season where they're coming off of a playoff a playoff appearance it didn't go the way they wanted to but it's a team that's building and it's continually growing they believe so much in kyler murray that they went and traded for marquise brown so if like there was ever an indication as to whether or not this deal was going to get done it happened in the nfl draft when the cardinals traded a first round pick for marquise brown so kyler murray gets his deal now the second highest paid player in the nfl and that's going to take us to baker mayfield 
here in a second. But first, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. I've been talking about it for nearly two years. Got a box of them on my fridge. Had one for breakfast this morning at work. It was fantastic. And they've got something called the Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. If you haven't tried the chunk, the puffs, they're fantastic. If you love s'mores, this is a great treat for you. It's also a great meal replacement or a energy boost before your workout as well. It's high calorie, high or sorry, low calorie, high protein, and low in sugar, and provides all the great nutrients that you need for your breakfast, lunch, dinner, pre-workout, post-workout. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your next order to get some of the best tasting protein bars you'll ever try using promo code LOCK15 at built.com. also want to talk to you about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You're looking to get in on NCAA football futures, who's going to win the national championship in 2022, who's going to win the Heisman. You can get in on that at BetOnline. They've got the best odds, the best availability, the best website for you to use over at betonline.net. It's where the game starts. And thanks so much for listening to Locked On Sooners and making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. Go subscribe to the channel over there. Hit the notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop and drop a like as well. So Josh, the take of the week, and I spell take with the T-A-E-K because it's backwards comes from Mike Robinson, Michael Robinson at Real Mike Rob, who joined the, the panel on Good Morning Football on NFL Network to share his thoughts on Baker Mayfield. And he basically said that, now he worded it in a weird way, but when you go and watch the video, which you know we've I've retweeted it on my Twitter account, he basically says that Baker Mayfield's not a top 64 quarterback in the NFL, meaning he's not even good enough to be a backup quarterback in the NFL absolutely ludicrous you know this is really what disheartens me about you and i's industry here today is that somebody can go on good morning football which is on the nfl network it's one of the most popular shows for nfl fans and say something like that legitimately just to get an effect just to get a rise out of everybody just to create that stir and get that attention and drive those engagements. And I get it's the end of July and we don't have real games to react to or talk about right here and right now. That is an absurd statement. If, if he genuinely thinks that Baker Mayfield is the 64th best quarterback in the national football league, then probably it's a good idea to no longer start having him on good morning football. Yeah, it's, it's just mind-boggling to me, especially when you look at what the Browns are doing at quarterback with the anticipation that Deshaun Watson's going to be suspended for the year. Jacoby Brissett, he's not a starter. They just signed Josh Rosen, who's been on like three or four different NFL teams. I mean, you still got guys like Brian Hoyer and Nick Mullins and Trevor Simeon and Chad Henney, Nate Sudfield, Chase Daniel. And Chase Daniel's arguably the the most wealthy backup quarterback ever. But you're telling me that Baker Mayfield couldn't at least be a backup quarterback for somebody in the NFL. That is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous statement. And then you think about, you know, teams that are going to be running out 
like I said, Jacoby Brissett, you know, Mason Rudolph potentially in Pittsburgh, Geno Smith in Seattle, Drew Locke in Seattle. Like these, these guys are not good quarterbacks. And ba- like you don't think Baker Mayfield's as good or better than these guys. Now, if you want to make an argument that maybe he's a, not a top 20 quarterback, or maybe he's not even a starting level quarterback, I, I can see you making that argument. Still, it's a big stretch to me, considering what he's done so far in the NFL. Has it been perfect? Not at all. Not by any stretch of the imagination, but in certain systems, in something like what San Francisco would like to run, Cleveland, you know, two years ago, they were great. Had he not gotten injured last year, I don't think we're having these conversations about Baker Mayfield. I think it's a very different conversation about what he is in the NFL and what his future looks like in the NFL. But yeah, it's it's incredible. And I made the I made the the comment on Twitter. I said, you know, Kay Adams, who used to host, kind of moderate the panel on Good Morning Football, she left the show in the last couple months, it, she left the show and then it went the way of, you know, Stephen A. Smith and first take or skip Bayless and um, undisputed. And now it's just a, a hot take show. You're like, come on, man, like be better, at least make it more reasonable. If you're going to have a hot take, at least make it more reasonable. And that's kind of where I fall on it. Cause he's easily a starting quarterback in the NFL. When you got a guy like Daniel Jones up in New York's, Sorry to all the New York Giants fans that are, that are Sooner fans listening to this. Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. He's not shown to be a good quarterback in the NFL. Baker Mayfield is easily better than him and could start for the New York Giants if they were both on the same roster right now. Are we convinced that Jalen Hurts is hands down better than Baker Mayfield right here, right now? And I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts' success in Philadelphia. I'm just thinking about, you know, start making the way around the – NFC East there. I mean, are, you know, either of those guys better than Baker Mayfield. The bottom line is this, this tenure, this stay in Carolina is going to, even if, you know, even if it's just right here, right now, this standalone season, it's going to tell us a lot about what Baker Mayfield's future looks like in the national football league. What type of quarterback is he in the national football league? What caliber uh, in that pecking order is he, in the National Football League. So to me, he's a bona fide starting quarterback. Again, where does he fall on that pecking order of starting quarterbacks? Clearly, he's not one of the best starting quarterbacks, at least today in the National Football League. But there's a lot of guys I can make a case for him being equally as good as, or maybe here and there, we'll see again how this year with Carolina plays out. Maybe he's better than a couple of these starting quarterbacks. And no doubt, I think if you start getting into, okay, what does the backup quarterback situation in the National Football League look like, John? To me, if Baker Mayfield's your backup quarterback, well, guess what? You have a great backup quarterback situation because this man could start for a lot of NFL franchises. I would absolutely love Baker Mayfield if he were the Dak, you know, Dak Prescott's backup quarterback because you know if, you, if Dak Prescott were to go down, with an injury, which he has, you know, he, he got injured, was out for most of the season a couple of years back, you know, got banged up a little bit last year. If you had to bring Dak, uh, Baker Mayfield in to win you a game, win you two or three games, he's fully capable of doing that. So yeah, to say that he's not at least backup level quarterback in the NFL is a heinous argument. It's heresy. And you should have all of your NFL credentials stricken from the record at this point, the court has ordered case dismissed. Coming up next, we're going to have a couple rounds 
of a new segment here on the show, Buy or Sell, where we take a couple hypotheticals, we discuss them, uh, one including the national title, and one including a former coach that we're going to we're gonna pose for you on today's episode. Yeah, this has never been done, by the way, in the speaking of hot takes and, you know, trying to reinvent the game here. Buy or sell, you've probably never seen this in any way, shape, or form. Okay, so we've been telling you all the time we love our friends over at Home Field Apparel. Here's uh, one of the shirts that I wound up with. It's uh, just a sweet vintage basketball shirt. You can see, you know, just like me on the basketball court, just like John Williams on the basketball court, nothing but the bottom of the net, baby. And that's uh, the case over at Home Field Apparel where they've got all sorts of different cool shirts. I love some of their their hoodie type stuff. Uh, I'll have to order some of those in, and then I'll be able to show you right here on the broadcast what the, the hoodies look like. I've shared them on my personal Twitter feed, at Josh on rep, but they got all sorts of stuff. They got the T-shirts right there. They've got hoodies, crew necks. It's all vintage, all retro marks. And remember, everybody, new customers, you get 15% off your first purchases from Homefield with our code locked on Sooners. That's uh, locked on Sooners at checkout over at homefieldapparel.com. Okay, so do we just come out guns blazing with uh, our friend Teddy Layman's buy or sell question? Yeah, absolutely. So last week, Teddy Layman posted on Twitter uh, the, the, the opinion that Oklahoma will win the national championship within the first three years of Brent Venable's tenure. Josh, buy or sell? I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell, and the reason for that for me, I haven't seen Oklahoma win a national championship since the year 2000. And until I see differently, the idea that in some three-year window, Oklahoma's going to rise up and win a national championship. And oh, by the way, John, in that same three-year window, they're also embarking from the Big 12 Conference and taking a step up and joining the SEC. And it's within that three-year window where Oklahoma's breaking through and winning a national championship. It's just hard for me to get to that place. I love Brent Venables. I think he's going to win not one, but multiple national championships at Oklahoma. I'm not ready, though, today to commit that it's going to be in one of these first three seasons. I will buy it, and I'll tell you why. Jackson Arnold. So there's a good chance that Jackson Arnold is potentially the starting quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners not in 2023, but in 2024. So that's the year that I'm going to pay for the Oklahoma Sooners. Brent Venables then at that point will have had two full recruiting classes that are now like, they're not freshmen, they're sophomores and juniors. Uh, the 2022, 2023, and the 2024 class. Um, sorry, the 2022 and 2023 class will be sophomores and juniors at that point. Really identifying and creating the identity for what Brent Venable's team is going to look like for the Oklahoma Sooners. And so that's the year that I'm thinking, like, if they're going to do it, it's 2024. I think a guy like Jackson Arnold, who is kind of just scratching the surface a little bit, had just one year as a starter so far in high school, looks to be part of a team that could contend again for a Texas high school state championship. And just earned five-star status from the top 247 sports rankings. 
I think this is going to be the guy. I think he could be the guy. Now, I don't want to put those expectations on him like, hey, Jackson, I don't know. You got to go win a national title in 2024. But I'm going to buy it because I think that'll give Brent Venables plenty of time to get his identity in the program through a couple of recruiting classes, a couple of transfer portal classes where he'll really have his team together. It won't be as much of Lincoln Riley's recruits and commits and signees. It'll be more, these are our guys. And that's not to say that he doesn't consider the, all the guys that are on the team, his guys, because they all are, but there's definitely a difference in what recruiting looks like for Brent Venables than what it did for Lincoln Riley. That's not to say Lincoln Riley's recruiting was bad. It's just the identity is going to be different. The style of play is going to be different. What they look for, especially on defense, is going to look different. And then Jeff Ledley, what he looks for is going to be different. But Brent Venables has a tried and true approach to coaching defense that's helped Clemson win two national titles. He was a part of the third one with Oklahoma. Played in a lot of big games. Played in two other national title games with Oklahoma against USC and against Florida. They didn't turn out well for the Sooners, but... I mean, against Tim Tebow and the Florida Gators, the Oklahoma Sooners defense stood tall. They were great. I mean, would they hold Florida to like 20, 23 points in that game? And so I, I'm going to buy that one. Counterpoint? You know, it, sorry, I, I, go ahead, John. Finish up your thought. I didn't mean to jump in there. No, go ahead. I was going to say if you wanted to counter that. Part of it for me is going to be, do we know what Dylan Gabriel's – future is going to look like right i mean is this a standalone season with oklahoma is he back in 2023 with ou and what about the rest of these guys i mean key lawrence we uh in in our last show we're talking about we think there's a chance key lawrence has the type of breakout season to where all of a sudden he starts getting that recognition as you know last five seasons top 40 top 50 type transfer across all of college football that's how special you and i think defensively he could be is is he done at oklahoma after this season i mean like what do some of these futures look like for oklahoma are they restocking and reloading going into 2023 if they get a couple of these guys back then okay you know depending upon how 2022 plays out which i think it's going to play out with oklahoma as a big 12 champion if Dylan Gabriel's back and Key Lawrence and, you know, all of a sudden you got, you know, quite a few of these guys making decisions to return. Well, you might, you might pique my interest a little bit on Oklahoma as a national championship uh, type favorite in 2023. And I actually, you know, I don't think it's the craziest thing that Oklahoma can make the college football playoff in 2022 and really surprise some people. Yeah, I agree with that. I think 2022 it's not outside the realm of possibility that Oklahoma makes the, the college football playoff. I mean, if they can skate through the Big 12 season with just one loss, they'll be right in position, right there on the, on, in the conversation, um, as it were, and because the Big 12 is growing in respectability and the, the quality of teams is getting more attention. With, when you have Baylor and Oklahoma State playing the Big 12 title the year before, it's going to raise everybody's perception of the Big 12 and so those wins are going to mean a little bit more uh, down the stretch. And so p- potentially, um, but yeah, I, I just, I think that, you know, kind of if I'm looking at this year, obviously I'm not doubting that they could win the national title. I think a lot of things would have to go really, 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 really right for Oklahoma to, to do that. Not and probably, you know, when I think about this year, John, I think, Ohio State and Alabama have to not be as good as we think they're going to be. And maybe just particularly 
Ohio State, right? I mean, I love CJ. I love CJ Stroud. I like Jackson Smith and Jigba, obviously. I like some of the other wide receivers that they have there. Travion Henderson, we feel like we know is a star at the running back position uh, for Ohio State. But defensively, I mean, is, is there a chance maybe there's some cracks in the foundation there for Ohio State? The, the top two just feel like they're so far away right now from Oklahoma in Alabama and Ohio State. Like, if you could tell me right now today that Ohio State's not as good as we think Ohio State is, okay, well, now now you've given me a reason to think, okay, maybe, maybe right? Maybe there's a chance in 2022. Yeah, that's like I said. A lot of things would have to go really, really right for Oklahoma. And I think what would have to go right most importantly is that guy like Jeffrey Johnson – becomes the Jordan Davis of this defense, kind of. Uh, a Jalen Redmond plays a full season. He's not injured. Key Lawrence is the player that we think he's going to be. Deshaun White steps up and takes a, a Brian Osamoa-style leap uh, in this season. Woody Washington and DJ Graham, they're healthy, and they have what I thought DJ Graham was going to have a breakout year last year. It didn't really work out. Woody Washington, we know he's a good player. So I think still a lot would really, really have to go right for Oklahoma for that to occur, because I think you're right. It's, it's, it's Alabama, it's Ohio state. I think you can even throw Georgia in that top tier mix right there. And those three teams are far and away the best three teams in the country. But then after that, you can probably have a conversation about Oklahoma uh, along with Michigan and Notre Dame and Baylor and Michigan Some state. People feel Texas A&M. Yeah. Texas A&M. Maybe. I mean, they did beat Alabama last year. They had a you know a tough loss. Uh, I think it was Mississippi State that beat them before the Alabama game. So it, it's just hard to say. I mean, college football at times can be a bit of a toss-up, but you got those three teams at the top. And I, on paper, Oklahoma doesn't look like they're in that same tier as those top three teams. But, I mean, nobody thought that the 2000 team was a national title contender until they were. And so we could be talking about this team a little bit differently midway through the season, depending on how those first six, seven games of the season go. No, that's right. And, you know, have I mentioned this here, the Bud Elliott blue chip ratio and Oklahoma's one of those 15 schools that are in that blue chip ratio category, which, you know, you look at that and blue chip ratio, if you're like, hey, stop speaking Spanish, stop speaking, you know, German, Italian, whatever. What the heck are you talking about? Blue chip ratio? Well, it's just exactly what it sounds like. It means that you're recruiting more four and five stars than you are two and three stars in Oklahoma's one of, I want to say the number was 15 programs going into this season that would fit that blue chip ratio threshold, which means that they've got more blue chippers on their roster than they've got non blue chippers on their roster. And since they started tracking this thing, it shows that teams that are in that type of threshold are in that blue chip ratio those are the programs that are winning national championships. And oh, by the way, I want to say OU's top five in that category and was actually one, believe it or not, one tick ahead, one percentage point ahead of Texas AM. So Oklahoma has started to, you know, you know, as many things, problems as we've had with Lincoln Riley, they did start recruiting better, you know, under Lincoln Riley. And obviously, Brent Venables and this staff. They're just picking up where that group left off. And I think, John, they're about to recruit even better than they have been. So, okay, if they're not winning a national championship within the first three years, I, I'm ready to 
lock it up, chuck the key. I mean, within the first five years, Brent Venables is winning a national championship. Yeah, and we'll bring this video back five years from now so that we can tell everybody that Josh was right, that Oklahoma did win the national championship uh, within five years of Brent Venables' tenure. So, hey, I think we're I think we both made pretty good points on that. We'll have to let the, the viewer decide who won that argument by or sell. Let us know what you think. Are the Oklahoma Sooners going to win a national title in the first three years of Brent Venables' tenure? It's the question of the day. Make sure you let us know on the YouTube channel. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. And if not within the first three years, five years, ten years, when do you think Oklahoma wins their first national title with Brent Venables as head coach? And we'll look forward to seeing those responses as well. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in and checking out the show. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So hit the subscribe button over there. Hit the notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop and drop a like as well. Let us know you enjoy the content we're putting out here on Locked On Sooners. But until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. Catch you then. Boomer Sooner.